Hello and welcome back to Not One of Your Little Friends. An unconventional conversation between mother and daughter about lifestyle, pop culture, and social issues. Hello, I'm Tanya Cross. We're back with Not One of Your Little Friends. Friends, I am the co-host, aka Mama Cross, and I'm Sierra. We are here to talk to you today, um, with another week of different topics. Um, we're gonna start out with our Black Girl Magic, which of course we're gonna dedicate to Beyonce once again because she's always doing amazing things. Shout out to Beyonce. <laughs> Where her, I think you said it was on NBC, because I didn't get to see it, guys. So I missed it. <laughs> what it was, was a, um, a special about the, I guess, the, they showed making. the making of um, the, Lion, the King. Lion King soundtrack that she did and everything that went into that. And um, I saw different clips of it online. I didn't watch the whole thing all the way through, which I really need to do. But from what I saw, it was really interesting. She um, showed the babies, which everybody was excited about, um, and just how much family, I guess, was involved when she got her mom right to make the soundtrack. For the Lion King. Because they went um, on a trip to, I think it was Kenya, I know they went to Africa. I'm not sure if it was Kenya specifically, but they went okay. on a trip, um, and she took the whole family went and whatnot. So she got reconnected with her, her roots African roots and was able to share that experience with her kids, which I thought was really special. We should go to Africa. Yeah, that'd be a good trip for our family. I would love to do that. I really want to go to Egypt. It's on my bucket list. Why Egypt? Because I just feel like it'd be euphoric to see the pyramids. Oh, okay. It's just something that you like, you see and you know about from books and TV, but I feel like it'd be like a whole nother experience actually seeing it in person. Oh, okay. Because you don't really realize how big something is. Until you see it in person. I agree. I agree. Um, my desire isn't to go to Kenya. I'm not Kenya, but uh, Egypt, though. That that went on my bucket list. But, I mean, anywhere in Africa, though. But I hadn't really picked a country that I just absolutely wanted to see. Um, but, yeah, that would be a good trip. To organize or try to get together. Well, I mean, we could possibly go to um, one of the places that was on your results for your um, the ancestry. Your ancestry thing. That would probably be cool yeah. and interesting. To do that. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, our second segment we want to talk about is social media BS. We kind of going through this kind of fast, <laughs> but um, <laughs> the only thing that I really saw this week that kind of, I guess, stood out to me was the 
the incident with H&M. So what happened was... Why is H&M just like always in the news for some reason? Like, they marketing team... Ooh, they be catching it. I mean, I don't like, feel really? like this was on them this time. Okay, go ahead. Explain, I feel explain. like this was necessarily a reflection of us and what we need to do. And when you say us, you speaking in reference to to black people. Okay, because the little the little girl was a part of a campaign. Well, not yeah, was a part of a little. I guess a new campaign that they put out and. They took pictures of her in a hoodie. The hoodie was fine. It was then that, that wasn't the issue. The issue was the fact of her hair. And people were reacting to the photo and saying that her hair should have been done for the photo shoot. And what exactly like I'm not one of your little friends, so define done. What is done? What does it mean for your hair to be done? It means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. I feel okay. like it depends on who you talk to. Okay. Nowadays, for people my age, your hair is considered done if it's quote-unquote laid and looks put together, I guess. Because okay. nowadays, people want to lay the edges down and slick it back and all that good stuff. And I'm not going to lie, I participate in the slicking down of my edges. But right. at the same time, like, that's not the norm for everybody. Everybody can't do that because everybody's hair isn't the same. Right. Because even dealing with Gabby, like, her hair just don't lay the way and for, everybody's for hair lays. Gabby is... The younger sister of Shout the Crossroads. Shout out to Gabby. Central uh, NCCU. Eagle Pride Amplified. Turn up. Um, but like, she got she gets frustrated because she she doesn't feel like her hair cooperates with her when she tries to brush her hair down. And I mean, I ain't gonna lie, her hair is different. But at the same time. I low-key wish that my hair was like hers because I feel like her hair is a lot more full and mm -hmm. long, and it grows fast. So it's kind of like a give and take with your hair in the different ways that it comes out and what you can do with it. But right. in this instance, I feel like people kind of attack, not necessarily attack the little girl. Well, yeah, in a sense, attack the little girl and was... Jumping down H&M net about something that they didn't know the full context of. Which so, I feel like... So the, the audience didn't know the full context of... I don't think they did. I feel like if they knew the full context of what was going on, which was that the, the objective of the shoot was to catch kids in their natural element after they've been playing all day. Like, like an after-school type... Yeah, shoot, and right? what the realness... Of, of what that is and like. what that looks like. Right. And I feel like people were commenting on the photo not knowing that. Okay. And I feel like that happens a lot these days. People comment on stuff without knowing the full context. And I know it's because it takes a lot more effort to do your research to know the full context of stuff. And people don't 
take the time to do that because they just want to automatically respond to stuff. But in this instance, like, you can't do that. Right, but, and I think we live in a culture to, of uh, wanting to be the first, wanting to be the first to address the issue, wanting to be the first. But, and a lot of times in, in wanting to be the first, we get ahead of the narrative and then later find out, oh, that wasn't really what was going on. You know, Does it really matter if you're the first, if what you commented on is wrong, though? To some people, it does matter as far as being the first. But like you said, I guess it's like it depends on the person, but some people just want to be the first. I would rather have all the context of a situation and then put out my personal opinion about it instead of just going off of false information. I guess. Like, to me, that makes more sense and gives you a more well-rounded response because I don't feel like what happened should have happened. Because I understand that H&M didn't done stuff wrong in the past. And in relations they, to the African-American community. And the way that they represent the little kids and they ads and whatnot. But in this instance, I feel like Black people were in the wrong, or at least the people that were commenting on her hair and how it wasn't done were in the wrong because not everybody is out here with their hair like just on point every day. Exactly. And maybe I'm, I ain't gonna lie, like, okay, yeah, maybe they could have brushed her hair down a little bit. But at the same time, that wasn't the point of the campaign. Right. And it wouldn't have been a true reflection. Of the end of the school day. Yeah, and I just so. feel like people was attacking that little girl. Y'all don't know if she saw that stuff or not. I hope that she didn't see it and that her parents low-key, like, protected her from seeing the comments because y'all was going in on her and saying that her mama was a bad mama for not making sure that her hair was done. And I'm just like, well, maybe... She didn't do it because she knew the purpose of the campaign. <laughs> like y'all just sitting here going in on people's parenting, and y'all don't even know the full story. Right, right. And then, I don't know. It just irritated me. Like, what are y'all doing? Like, what what's what's really the purpose here? Is the purpose really to make sure that our people are being represented correctly, or is the purpose to just have something to complain about? Okay. And that's what really has been irritating me about social media lately and the stuff that is being posted and talked about. Like, do y'all really care about this stuff or y'all just want to have something to complain about? Because the way it's looking, is looking like y'all just want to have something to complain about. Right. And that's not going to help in, nobody. In a way that kind of ties into our last podcast where we was talking about how people redirect pain, you know, and redirect their own personal issues on other people's situations. Well, I definitely think that there was a lot of redirection in this instance because y'all was going in on a little girl for no reason. And that can be detrimental all because you want to have something to say. Like, come on. Right. But I mean, I think, you know, the hair issue and the 
hair is an issue within the African American community. And it runs deep, just and like all runs, the other issues that we yeah, have. Yeah, and it really runs deep because you know I think about you know how. Blue Abby, how they attacked her when she was younger, and her hair, and talk about how Beyonce needed to do her hair. Just like, but these are children. These not like grown people. Just why can't children be children? And, you know, I can't remember. And that's a whole nother layer of conversation. Y'all not letting y'all kids be kids. Y'all putting y'all kids in grown outfit situations and looks and posting it on social media to get likes like that's crazy to me like and it's ridiculous and then when you see somebody that's not following falling in line with that type of sentiment you want to make them feel bad because they letting their kids be kids like that don't make sense to me. Uh, it just don't make sense. Like, make it make sense. Right now, it don't make sense. Right. But, I mean... But I ain't got no kids, so... I can't say nothing. Well, I do have children, but, of course, as our viewers know, all of my children are grown. But, um... It was important to me, as a parent, from a parent's perspective, to allow my girls to be children, to have a childhood experience, um, not to encourage them to grow up too fast, um, to enjoy playing, to enjoy being outside. Um, we, we also encourage y'all to read. Um, we didn't really get into the video games and all that stuff with you guys because we wanted y'all to be more well-rounded. Um, so all of y'all was avid readers. Um, so I guess it all depends on the parents and what kind of, I guess, environment that they try to establish um, for their children um, mm -hmm. as far as developing, um, I guess, gifts, talents, and stuff like that. So... I feel like this all boils down to people dealing with themselves and being real with themselves and dealing with the issues that they have about themselves because instead of imposing those issues on their children or imposing their issues on other people's children that <laughs> is on social media like that to me is crazy like how you going to talk sideways about a little kid it's a right. little kid right right so what's next, Sierra? What's next? What's next? Um, <laughs> so, last we're going to talk about um, a topic that we want to discuss this week. Um, recently, a new Netflix documentary came out. It's called Hello Privilege. My name is Chelsea. Um, I got put onto it. By one of my friends, um, Kiara. She messaged me one day and was like, I shout out Kiara. <laughs> shout out Kiara. Um, you really need to watch this. So I was like, okay, I'll watch it. And then I finally did watch it and I understood why she wanted me to watch it because it's it was very interesting and very refreshing to see 
a white person genuinely try to understand white privilege? Not not even white privilege, but to understand why we feel the way that we feel about white privilege. And when you say we, it's people of color. Yeah, okay. people of color. Okay. Um, but Chelsea Lately is, is a comedian um, that the documentary starts out with her kind of like realizing, yeah, she didn't have everything handed to her necessarily on a silver platter, but at the same time, she went through situations in life that could have easily held her back. Or went sideways. Oh, yeah, or went sideways and could have prevented her from getting to where she got. But because of the privilege that she has as a white person in a a lot of situations, Mm -hmm. she was able to, I guess, skirt, skirt out of situations that could have been detrimental to to, somebody else to somebody of color yeah um but i really enjoyed the documentary because it touched on like a lot of different aspects and a lot of different things that come into play when you talk about white privilege um one of the first things was white people even acknowledging the fact that they have white privilege and uh, and a lot of the people she interviewed struggled with that, except that one guy, the rapper. I can't remember what his name so, was. So let, let me let's talk about the first stuff though. Okay, um, okay. So she went to this Oktoberfest, and basically Oktoberfest is a beer festival, and she approached people with the question of, "Do you think white privilege is uh?" real thing or is it just something that people make up in their heads and I heard a lot of responses that you hear on a daily basis like no I grew up poor I didn't have white privilege and I didn't get things just given to me just because the color of my skin but one of one of the responses from the people was that well I'm white so how would I know right which was if, a valid point. Which was a really valid point because I don't feel like a lot of people realize that they have an advantage because they're surrounded by people who also have and those same advantages. advantages. Right. So they feel like it's necessarily the norm and not something different right. or special. Right. And that kind of got to the root of, okay, we need to surround ourselves with people that don't look like us so that we then know that, okay, this may have been my experience, but this isn't everybody else's experience. experience. Right, right. And I'm not going to lie. I'm one of those people that has constantly surrounded myself with just black people. Mm -hmm. And because... Yeah, I went to West Rowan. West Rowan was considered a quote-unquote, I guess, predominantly predominantly white white high school. school. But at the same time, the people and the friends that I had were still still black. Yeah, I had people that I called friends that weren't black. But, like, it's not like I necessarily really genuinely hung out with them outside of school. Yeah, when we were in school... We talk all the time, have conversations about stuff, hang out, play sports with them. But 
when I left school, that wasn't necessarily the case. Right. Um, so, I mean, I interacted with them, but it wasn't on, I guess, uh, intimate level. Right. But as and, a, as an African American student in the predominantly white school, would you say you still witness, um, white privilege and what that looked like in that situation? Uh, Honestly, I ain't gonna lie. I feel like I have been blessed to not have to come to grips with the reality of certain things that other black people have to deal with. Okay. Um, so would you say, in a way, you may have some privileges? Yeah. Okay. In that way, yeah. Because, honestly, when I get stopped by the popo, I don't feel that initial intimate harm. I know in the back of my mind that it can happen, mm-hmm. but it's just not, oh, oh my God, okay, let me do it. Because most times when I didn't get pulled over, it's because I was speeding, and I know that I was speeding, and right. he didn't caught me speeding. Right. So it was just like, okay, yeah, I'm feeling like, dang, I'm about to get another ticket. <laughs> like, right. That, <laughs> that right there gets me, like, worked up and whatnot, but I don't, I don't feel that instant sense of harm but then again like i haven't never i haven't ever gotten pulled over at night right i haven't most times the the times that i have gotten pulled over it was broad daylight in the middle of the day i was in an area that was highly populated highly populated so like at the same time i haven't been put in those situations either right right so that's another testament to the way that the life that I live has privileged privileged me in that way. Okay. Um, but I forgot what it was. What was he talking about? We talked about <laughs> your experience um, as a African American. Do you feel that you do have some privileges? If you said yes, you feel like you do have. But I say that to also say. The privileges that I have don't give me financial stability. They don't give me systematic advantages. Like, I feel as though, yes, every culture has their different types of privileges. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, white privilege is specifically connected to systematic advantages. And okay. that's a whole nother type of privilege. privilege. Right, right. I agree. Um, so I can agree when I hear a white person say, well, every culture has their privileges. Yeah, that is true. Every culture does have their privileges. But the type of privileges you have puts you way farther ahead of everybody else. I have the privilege of... I guess, like I said, not being put in situations that other black people are put in. Yeah, that is a privilege, but that doesn't aid me in advancing through systems that was established to 
Yeah, I I just feel like in that aspect, I I necessarily got lucky. Right. To be real. And is luck really a privilege? Like, (laughs) to be honest, but at the same time, like, even though I never put myself in a situation to have to deal with those things, just because I didn't put myself in a situation doesn't necessarily mean I still couldn't have been subject to those situations still. Right, I agree. Because not everybody put themselves in a situation to get or, killed. Not necessarily at, put themselves in a situation, but find themselves in a situation, in a situation like that. Like that. So, like, it, it, at the same time, yeah, no matter it, it can be a factor of no matter what you do, you can still be put in that situation. I was just lucky that I wasn't one of those people. Right, right. Um, and I count my blessings for that, but that doesn't prevent me from understanding other people's Experience. experiences. And I feel like that's another disconnect that a lot of people have with other people that don't look like them necessarily is they don't go as far as to understanding that, yeah, this this is my life and this is the way things are in my life, but at the same time, it's different for other people. people. Right, right. I don't feel like they go as far. I don't feel like they go that far, and that's the disconnect. Um, but the, the one so like she went to the um October the Fest. Oktoberfest and she was talking to people and getting different events. And one of uh, mom another thing that just stood out to me was when she was talking about voter suppression and people being put in situations where their vote is being suppressed, one of the dudes, like, she asked him, so, so voting is, like, she told him that voting was a right. And he basically corrected her and was like, no, voting isn't a right. It's a privilege. And I'm just like... He said that twice. He said it twice. (laughs) He doubled down on it. And I'm just like... Right. But that's clearly in the Constitution. That voting is a right. Right. But you still have people in their own ideology of thinking that's like, oh no, even though it's written down in concrete black and white, in my mind, I'm still going to stick to the fact that voting is a privilege. privilege. And that's your privilege in yourself because you feel like it's a privilege because you are in jeopardy of that Privilege, quote unquote, getting taken Take away, away from, from you. you. Right. I feel like if he was put in a position where that quote unquote privilege that he claims is a privilege was taken away from him, then he'd be like, "Oh no!" But that—that's my right. Right. Then it would be a right. 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 So like that, just it just it blew it blew my mind. It just blew my mind because it's just like if one person thinks that way. Just imagine how, how many, many other people, people think that, that way. way. And that's that like way. a that's a really scary thought to me. Like it make it makes things make sense, but at the same time, that's not good right. at all. Right. But that that was another thing, but like you were saying, but there was um a guy included in the documentary um that was a down south rapper mm-hmm. um that she introduced us to um that who was a white male. <laughs> yes, he was a white male who had 
um, gotten in legal trouble before, had been to jail before, had experienced um, the injustice, <laughs> the justice system, system before, and like I I I like that she included him in the video because that's an example of somebody who didn't get life served to them on a silver platter but they still understood that they had privilege they still had privilege in those for lack of a better word shitty moments right, <laughs> like right. cuz he talked about yeah I went to jail and this happened and that happened but at the same time I'm standing next to a dude who's of a different color than me and we got the same exact crime and I'm getting this and he getting that or I'm standing next to a dude, which this is another thing that I like that he touched on. I'm standing next to a dude that looked just like me. We got the same crime, but he got a lawyer and he got money. So he getting things that I'm not getting. Right. Because that's a whole nother privilege in itself as well. But socioeconomic status is definitely right. a privilege, privilege that most, I'm not going to say no black people have that economic privilege because there are a lot I don't want to downplay the fact that there are a lot of wealthy African American people, people but they even with that economic privilege that they have mm -hmm. they still have to deal with the fact that they they're black. black right at the end of the day so it's like I enjoyed hearing his perspective because I got to see I, I, guess, I don't want to say life, but I got to see how he looks at things in his own way. Right. And how through I can, eyes. through his eyes, and how I can connect that to what I see. Right. Um, so that was, that was very interesting, that whole conversation, because he understood that, which I feel like more white people should understand. Well, more poor white people should understand is that you may be in the same boat as us, but even in the fact that you're in the same boat as us, you still get more chances. You still get more advantages. You still get the benefit of the, the doubt. doubt. Right. Because, of the, because you're white. And it made me think about this tweet that I saw on Twitter. God, the dude was just like, of course, I feel he, he I can't wonder, I can't remember it verbatim, but basically it was to the extent of if stop and frisk was something that happened in white neighborhoods, you would have a plethora of young teenagers going to jail for drug charges. Mm -hmm. So don't look so it shouldn't be looked at as, oh, we need stop and frisk in these communities because we know that these people have drugs. Y'all know that the other people have drugs too, too. but y'all not stopping and frisking them. Right. Because you know that that would then level the playing field, and that's not what y'all trying to do. do. Right. But that's the whole purpose of systemic racism um, is to keep the playing field unlevel. That that's that's the whole purpose. That's the sole purpose of it. And it just amazes me how how good <laughs> like how good it just all worked out for them. Because you put a system into play 
that disadvantages one and not completely uplifts another, but advantages another. If that if that's the right word, I'm pretty sure it's not, but that's the only word that came to mind. Okay. So it's and then you made it to a point where the people who are being who have the advantage don't even realize that they have the advantage. Right. And that works in your favor because if somebody doesn't realize that they have something, how can you expect them to give that up? Right. And it, it just it just blows my mind every day. Like whoever came up with this was a genius. Exactly. Was a, a evil genius, evil but genius, a genius. But a genius. Because it worked, and it's still, still working, working to this day. day. It's still working because it has impact mindsets for generations, centuries, centuries, and generations. Like, but I do feel like we're experiencing a shift. Uh, shift in mindsets, I think, I feel, and this is just me personally, I feel like as far as um, the African-American community, um, there's an awakening within our, within our community, and we're becoming more aware of those tactics and aren't falling pray to it anymore. Yeah. Like we, for the okie doke. Right. Not filing for the okie doke anymore. Okay. And I feel like there's a sense of more standing up for yourself and not they I feel like they refer to it as not falling for white tears and not being affected or moved by white tears. Because Our fragility, white fragility. Because if you want something to change you got to get to a point where you care about your feelings more than you care about somebody, somebody else's, else's feelings. feelings. Exactly. And that's how they've been moving forward for years. I care about my feelings way more than I care about your feelings, so I'm going to do what I need to do. And I feel like we are gradually getting to a point where we're doing the same, and they can't take it. And it's <laughs> But at the same time... I also think while that's happening, also you have people like Chelsea who are starting to realize, like, yo, this is really happening. Like, this ain't just a thing. Like, this is really... This is just not the imagination of African Americans. This is, this is really a thing because I'm not ignoring the clear signs that it's happening. I'm paying attention. I'm listening. I'm seeing, I'm observing, and I morally want to do something about it because I can't just continue to sit here and act like it's not happening. And I appreciate the fact that more white people are getting to that point. And seeking to be an ally. Yeah. And what another, (laughs) another thing that I liked in it was that in her process of seeking to be an ally, she got confronted with the fact that as African Americans, we tired of telling y'all what y'all doing wrong. We tired of telling y'all how to fix stuff and how things should be. 
Because y'all already know how it should be. Right. We know that you know how, how it, it should, should be. be. So in that, I feel like she she learned that if I want to be an ally, I need to not so much rely, not necessarily rely on African Americans to tell me what's wrong, but to... Or what needs to be done. Or what needs to be done, because you already know what needs to be done. Right. You can't sit here and act like you don't know what needs to be done. Right. You can always go to somebody for advice if you truly don't know, but don't come to them saying, oh, tell me how to do this, this, that, and the third. Come to them saying, okay, I'm realizing that this is happening. I want to do something about it, but I want to go about it in a way that's going to help everybody. And I don't want to misstep. So if I'm doing something wrong, let me know I'm doing something wrong so I can be of a better help to you. And I'm glad that through the course of the documentary, she honed in on that. And felt that and realized that and was like, okay, I need to be talking to people that look like me if this is going to be something that's going to change. Right. And I feel like a lot, not a lot, but a good bit then more than I expected of white people are getting to that point. And it's going to take a lot more of them to get to that point before things really change. Because, honestly, as black people, we can only do it so much. Like, you want to go into a situation saying, oh, I can fix this, I can fix that, I can fix that. But, at the end of the day, you can't fix everything. You're not going to be able to fix everything. And you can't fix people's perspective. Right. You can't change fix people's, people's hearts. hearts. Because right. people going to do what they going to do. Right. The only thing that we can do at this point is work around that. And I feel like that's what we starting to realize is we just got to work around it. Right. Yeah, it's going to be harder. Yeah, it's not fair. But can we really just harp on the fact that things are the way that they are? Because like we said, it's been like that for generations. Right. So to, to me, I feel like those those energies should be used to, like you said, work around the system. If not even establish our own systems. Yeah. Where we can make sure our needs are taken care of we, by us. Honestly, I'm I'm really starting to lean towards just getting our own. Because like <laughs> I like I agree that Everybody should work with each other to a certain extent. But I also believe that if we don't do it for ourselves, we can't expect somebody else to do it. Right. And, like, I've been looking at different ways of thinking, like Marcus Garvey and how they all had their way of saying, like, We need to establish our own. We need to do this. We need to do that because it's already been proven that we can do these things. So why not do these things? Why depend on somebody else to give us an equal playing field where we can create our own equal playing field? Because we the shit. 
And <laughs> when we create our own and we do our own, that then takes them, puts them in the position to be like, well, I want to be a part of that. That look way more lit than what, what I got going on. Right. And then, then we have the dictation of saying, well, if you want to be a part of this, you got to do this, that, and the third. Right. If you're not doing it, you can't be a part of it. And that's just that. Right. Right. And I'm just like, I'm leaning more towards that way of thinking because I feel like that gives us a lot more authority, power. And it gives us the evil, the equal playing field that we all been looking for. Right. Because we all say we want to be on an equal playing field, but the way that we going about it right now isn't necessarily working for us. Right. Because the the playing field that we trying to equate was never meant to be equate equatable. Does that make sense? It was. <laughs> it was never meant to be equal. Right. It was never meant to be equal. Yeah. The whole purpose was. To, in oppressing somebody, the opposite of, like you said, the opposite of oppression is lifting up. So, if, if, if a group of people is being oppressed, then somebody is being elevated. Yeah. So, um, so it was never, that, the playing field that we're trying to change, we're not all of us, but a lot of us are spending energy on trying to change, um, was never meant to be equal. Yeah. Um, and that's why I say maybe, you know, I'm not saying those people should, if they are very passionate about that and that's something they want to do, great, go for it, you know, do it. But for me, you know, I would rather focus my energies on establishing a different field. Um, laying a different foundation. But my thing is, if you create a different field and create a different foundation, in the end, in, in the end game, it's going to eventually get you to that point of... Of equal. Of equal. Right. Because that's the end goal, right? Right. Is the end to be goal equal. is to be for equality. So, I mean, uh, uh, but back to get on topic... White privilege, because <laughs> we got off topic. Um, the the documentary it kind of it, it showed me things that I already knew, but then it also showed me things that I didn't already know, which was um, God, I just had it in my head. Now it's gone. <laughs> um. Like, I didn't, I didn't personally realize the extent to which they were not trying to get people to vote. Oh, like or voting restrictions. Like, I knew, I know it's a thing. I definitely know it's a thing. I'm not naive to that fact. But just the tactics of how far they're going, I didn't know the extent of that. Okay. And the documentary revealed to my eyes the extent of that. Because you, and 
in classes when I was learning about voter, voter suppression and whatnot, we mainly talked about gerrymandering and cutting the lines a certain way to get certain people elected and all that good stuff. But you don't necessarily hear about buses being stopped by, by the police. By the police. By the police. And taking people to vote. And that's clearly taking people to exercise their, their right. right and not their privilege, but their right to vote. And it's just like, it's one of those things <laughs> that I say a lot, like, it opens up your eyes, but it also makes you really worried. <laughs> like, really worried. Because it's just like, you, in your mind, you want to believe that, okay, time has gone on. We've moved so much further than where we've been. But then you have instances like that that make you kind of sit back and be like, have we really progressed? Exactly. Have we really progressed that much? But like, kind of like in the documentary, um, it was said that, you know, back in the 50s and 60s, it was just open. But now, you know, it's more, um, what what term did they use? It's not as obvious. Yeah. Um, the tactics are not as visual, but, you know, they they doing it with laws. And that, you know what that made me think about? And stuff like that. I feel like integration just made niggas more sneaky. <laughs> like, right, right. Because when you face with somebody face to face, you know you don't have as much confidence as you would have had if they not face to face. Right. So you're not just gonna directly go at somebody because now it's quote unquote not politically correct. correct. Right. So you have to do more behind the scenes and manipulate laws and manipulate. And just the FYI, when I say niggas, like niggas can be associated with any race to me in my eyes. That's just how I embrace the word nigga. Okay? Like, so when I say nigga, I could really be talking about any and everybody. I'm just letting y'all know that right now. Okay. Thank you for clearing it up. <laughs> I just had to clear it up. Because I was like, yeah, like, it's just... Yeah, it was a good documentary. It really was. Definitely highly recommend you watching it. But again, the documentary was called Hello Privilege. My name is Chelsea, and it was it's a new documentary um, on Netflix. I don't know if she's necessarily going to come out with a part two. Um, honestly, because in the video, like, a lot of people that she talked to... They came for her. They came... Not, not even the fact that they came for her, but they told her that what is this documentary really going to do? Right. They challenged her motives, which was, I think was great because that's the shift I'm talking about. That's the shift. That's the eye-opening perspective of people of, of color. Like, what is your motives? Like, like what, what are you going to do with this? Yeah, it's good. It, it, like they say, it's a privilege that you can even make this documentary. But at the same time, like... So, what are you going to do with this? Propaganda was used to 
degrade us and make us seem like less than. So why not use that same method to help people realize that this isn't right and you should be more open to these type of comments. Right, but still with her privilege, there's still an accountability that I feel like people of color should hold her to. Like, yeah. you making this documentary, now what? What yeah. you gonna do? Yeah, and that's another point that was made in the video by, um, because remember, because at some, one point, I'm pretty sure it was towards the end, she had met with, um, uh, one of the active members in the Black Lives Matter groups, right. and, um, their ally groups, and they had a discussion, because it was the black lady, and I think it was two white ladies, and she, they... The white lady basically told her, like, yeah, this documentary is all fine and well, but, like, it's going to take a lot more than just one act of kindness to change things. Like, you have to actively, every day, on a daily basis, be committed to making other white people aware of their privilege. And you have to actively be committed to the process of change. And that's another thing that... I feel like it's kind of making this a slow process is, yeah, you have people that want to do things here and there and whatnot, but you don't have people, white people, that's actually committed to the process. Right. They'll go to a march. They'll go to a march. They'll write an article for a newspaper, but on a daily basis. Because it takes right. a lot of effort. Right, and it Because does. I know from my own experience that it takes a lot right. of effort. And and I'm not and I'm not questioning it because I appreciate them writing the articles. I appreciate them going to the marches. I'm not downplaying it, but you know, at a, at a certain point, you have to say, "Am I in it, or am I in it? Like, am I yeah. in it to to win it, or I'm gonna just every year." Or every so often, I'm going to participate in a march. Or every time something happens, I'm going to make comments on social media. Right. So, but like you say, it's a long-term But honestly, even in that aspect, in that point, you got black people that ain't even that committed at the same time. Oh, I agree. I agree 100%. Because that's a a whole other problem in itself. That's for another podcast. And, like, I'm not going to lie, even myself, I've been trying to honestly hold myself accountable lately. Like, ever since Trump got elected, I used to watch CNN every day. I used to watch MSNBC every now and then. Like, I just stopped doing it. (laughs) I ain't going to lie. I stopped doing it. I stopped being involved. I stopped being in the know. And that's something that... But I don't think you have to be in the know because I don't I don't watch any of those either. I stopped watching all those probably in two thousand and eight. So I don't think you have to be in the know in order to act to make a change within your community. Because yeah. to me, all that stuff can be a distraction. All that stuff True. could be like a a way to say that. And what I'm doing really going to have an impact. Yeah. So my focus... Because, I mean, you could be watching all that stuff and still not doing local things that could be helping you right. in the moment. So what so my sure. focus have been on is how can I personally make a change, have an impact 
on my spirit influence, the spirit influence I have. What can I do? How can, you know, I allow the things that I do shape and define what that looks like for me? So basically, everybody got to do better. Some people have to do a whole lot better than others. But basically, everybody got to do better. Right. Myself included. (laughs) So, there you go. But, yeah, so definitely, definitely go watch the documentary um, on Netflix if you have when you get a chance. But also, I encourage people to have open conversations about stuff like this. Not just black people, but also white people. And then the white people that do have the open conversations, have them outside of a black presence. Because you can really get down to the nitty gritty when people aren't holding back. Right. And that's the whole point of the conversation, is to get down to the nitty gritty. I agree. So yeah, guys, you got some homework this week. So go (laughs) do it. Okay, thank you guys for listening. Um, As always, share, share, like, like, comment, comment. wherever we post, comment. Be sure to comment. Let us know what you guys think. If you guys have any suggestions for any topics like Kiara did, um, let us know. We'll check it out. Um, And if it's something we think that ties into... um, Because I enjoy getting put on to new stuff. Yeah. We would definitely. I don't know about any and everything. So when I don't know about something and I get put onto something that's actually like really good and beneficial, I enjoy it. Okay, but until the next two weeks, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Hello, fam. Welcome back to Not One of Your Little Friends podcast. I am Tanya Cross, a.k.a. Mama Cross. And I am Sierra Cross. You real hype today. I'm ready today, Sierra. I'm, I'm excited about the topics that we have today that we're going to be talking about. Well, let's get started. Then. Ready to go. Ready to go. <laughs> you ready to go? Yeah, ready to go. So, okay. Go ahead. Nah, you go ahead. Okay, the first thing we're going to talk about is our Black Girl Magic segment. Um, shout out to Tracy Ross, who was on the cover of Essence. Yay! Yay. <laughs> um, she had this huge, beautiful afro. If you guys have not seen the cover, just go to um, Essence.com. I'm sure you'll be able to find a picture of she her. She came out with a new hairline, too. Yes. Do you know what it's called? Pattern. Pattern. She has a Ooh. new natural haircut. Girl, you know I'm the hair care queen, natural hair care queen. Okay. I'm a natural hair care enthusiast. The question is, everything. are you going to buy it? Um, probably not. What? <laughs> Why not? It's supposed to be for all uh, different hair textures and whatnot, right? I know, but... I am a strong advocate for supporting small business. Now, I'm not knocking Tracy. I mean, mm-hmm. I know she uses her celebrity status um, to um, scale her brand, okay. and and that's good. I, I p- applaud her for that, but I am an advocate of supporting small business. You know, Tracy already got money, okay. so <laughs> I'm interested in supporting uh, small business owners because it's especially um, 
as if they're local, I like supporting local small black yeah. small business owners too as well because that just shows back into the economy that I am personally a part of. I don't know. I'm just I'm excited because I'm seeing a lot of black women getting into the fashion industry, the beauty industry, the cosmetic industry, and it's just really exciting. I'm proud for Riri, even though I'm ready for that album to come out. It's cool. It's fine. I'm going to be patient <laughs> because her fadget, I mean, not, I said that all wrong. Savage Fenty line is really good. Um, I ain't got my coins up yet, but when I do, I'm going to purchase some items. You're going to purchase something from her. Because, okay. they, like... I've been hearing a lot of good reviews, especially for the plus sizes that she has. At first, it was a little bit, everybody was like, mm, because she wasn't really including all of the styles in the plus size. But mm -hmm. from what I hear, it's getting better, and she's being very inclusive with all types of different sizes. Her bra sizes go all the way up to, I think, a M or an L or something like that. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I'm and, here for and, it. and that's and and that's something people have to understand. When somebody initially launched, they don't launch like a full line. Um, what brands normally do is scale their line and expand it as mm -hmm. as the brand grows um, and as the brand age. So most people don't come out with a full fledged line. Um, it's just like an introductory, and then they expand and grow. Um, options and style options and a variety and sizes and, and all that stuff. So I think it's just a matter of understanding that it's a process. Yeah, it's um, a process. And a lot of consumers don't understand that, but it's definitely a process and something that you have to grow into. Um, Did you know about that black actress that died? Diane Carroll. Yeah. 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 <laughs> to her and her family and all the things that she's done for actresses in the black community. I kept seeing her face all over social media. I didn't really know any of her movies like that, but when they um had said that she was on uh what's that show? College show. Phil Cosby college show. Uh, Hillman, come on, what's Hillman. the show? That's the name of the show. Uh, oh, a different world. A different world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. was. She played uh Whitley's mom, and I didn't realize that until somebody had posted it. But yeah, definitely shout out to her. Yeah, she was her. definitely a pioneer for women of color in film, TV, um, a lot of media genres. Yes, for all that good stuff. We got. We had a lot of black girl magic going on this week. We had our own personal black girl magic going on when we took our Queens tripping 2019 getaway to Columbia, South Carolina. See, share your take on our Queens tripping 2019. It was fun. I, I didn't expect it to be fun, but it was fun. Um, our first day, we went to the zoo. Well, explain to our audience what exactly it was. Okay, how it came so, and all that stuff. It started with my grandmother. Shout out to my beautiful, one of my beautiful grandmothers. Hey, G Mom. <laughs> um, she found an article that said women who travel with their mothers, mothers. live longer. <laughs> so that brought up the topic of hey, let's start going on trips together. And I think it was really good because 
it was just really fun. I had a lot of fun. I laughed the whole weekend. It wasn't a bad time the whole weekend, which I was surprised by. But it was just... <laughs> Why did you surprise me? Literally... You thought it was going to be boring. No, I didn't think it was going to be boring. You were just, just concerned about everybody getting along. Not concerned, necessarily, but you know how it be when we go on family vacation. You always have that one day... And well, that the estrogen time. levels high, <laughs> and, and everybody just up. like, I'm not feeling it today. But that didn't happen, so that was great, and I enjoyed spending time with my grandma and my sister and my mom. So it was good. That first day we went to the zoo. I haven't been to the zoo in maybe two, three years, so that was great. Um, the second day we went to the, the Jubilee Festival. The Jubilee Festival that they had. It was basically a, a African American Jubilee Festival. It was a lot of vendors, a lot of good food. Yeah, celebrating black and African culture. Yeah, yeah. It was it was good. Um and then did we do anything that last day? I don't think so. But that night, Saturday night, me and Gabby got to um explore the nightlife. Yeah, of we, Columbia. Um, <laughs> we went to this place. Well, the area was called Five Points, so and it's basically a collection of different bars and stuff that they had um in downtown, and it was really fun. Um, we had a good time. Gabby definitely. <laughs> Poor Gab. Gabby then left her phone in the lid. Not even majority. We spent the beginning of our nights trying to find Gabby's phone, which was a process. But shout out to my daddy because he always Shout out to Papa Cross. He came through. In the clutch. And we was able to find her phone and get it back. And it was great. And then we got to get drunk. And it was awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, I had a really good time. Like, I just... I feel like I needed that time personally because it just helped me take my mind off of a lot of stuff that I was overthinking and worried about. And it just helped me to relax and relax. And I agree with Cece. For me, the trip was refreshing, replenishing. Um, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed spending time with my mother and my daughters. Um, like she said, we did laugh a lot. I think we learned a lot about each other. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> I think we created even a deeper bond uh, between each other. So. I got my grandma to drink some wine, so that was good. <laughs> She's not one to drink, and she was lit. <laughs> she called us winos, but um, so we decided to make the Queens tripping, and it's a play on words, um, an annual event for us to get together. We got t-shirts. Oh yeah, Grandma ordered t-shirts for us. So whenever we go out on our trips, we all be matching. Right. So it was cute. We got a lot of compliments on our t-shirts. We did as well. But I'm definitely we planning more trips, and I'm looking forward to our New Orleans trip. Yeah, that's That's, for 2020. That's gonna be. And experience, because that's going to be even more drinking. And hopefully, <laughs> I'll be able to give my grandma even more lips. So, there we go. But um, on this one, Desi's supposed to be joining us. So, we'll have... The full... Everybody will be there. Yeah, she... So, we'll see how that goes. She'll be meeting us. She'll be traveling from Texas, because that's um, kind of a halfway point for everybody. That's why we selected... Um, New Orleans for our 2020 
destination. So yeah, like if you get along with your family, even if you don't get along, oh, even if you don't get along with your family, we maybe highly, this is a way for y'all to start getting along. But we highly recommend um doing girl trips with your mother, grandmother, and sisters. It, it was it was definitely we had a great time because even though like. We had the three different generations. We were still able to find activities that everybody would enjoy. And even, like, we ventured out on our own and did our own little activities that we yeah. wanted to do. Yeah, because um, Grandma and I did not go uh, bar hopping with <laughs> yeah, Gabby. Gabby. Let me make that clear. Uh, we stayed at the hotel room and we binge watched um, HBO and watched several, several movies. But it still was fun. It gave me an opportunity to have some one-on-one time with my mom. So it was great. We had a great time. That's what's up. Yeah, so moving on. Um, social media BS. Oh my gosh. Um, the social media BS that we we're addressing um, for this is episode is—it's not even that, really social media, media BS, BS, but a it's, lot. It's it, just BS. Yeah, it's <laughs> just BS that was put out on social media and was heavily discussed on social media, just like our next topic. But um, the recent impeachment inquiry—I put impeachment saga. <laughs> <laughs> So the impeachment saga, I guess. Um, I listen. I ain't gonna lie. I don't like. I don't like having foolishness in my life. So I didn't really pay that much attention to it because I can't. I just can't get invested in stuff like that because you get invested, you get upset because you want things to happen that don't happen. But and, and you get caught up. Yeah, you yeah. definitely get caught up. But get I mean, caught up unnecessarily. I I I saw what I saw. Let's say that I saw what I saw, and basically, um, the president made a call to Ukraine, right? Um, insinuating to him, not saying verbatim but basically pretty much saying it without saying it hey i need you to do this for me or you not gonna get the aid that you supposed to be getting right and 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 there's been other things i'm sure you guys know that build up to this point but i guess for the committee this was the straw that broke the camera's back for them and they said okay it's time to move um I questioned the timing because I knew they said they needed to build up a case, but I think the timing that they decided to move was just purpose and how it's election season and people are in election mode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because so. when it, wait, when is the, it's 2021, isn't it? Or it's 2020? 2020. I thought that's, he got elected 2017 or 20, wait. Wait a minute. What year he get elected? He got See, that's a shame. We don't even know. Huh. I think it was because I, I was talking about this with somebody else, and they was like, "Yeah, it's 2020." I'm like, "No, that's it's four years. He still got the 2020." Yeah, yeah, he he still, but the election season starts in 2020. Okay, okay, yeah. I, oh yeah, because when they do the inauguration, that's in January, right? Okay. Right? Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, so 2020 slash 2021, basically, right? 
Um, but yeah, continue. <laughs> yeah, it, it says the 2016. He he won the 2016. Okay, and then probably got inaugurated into 2017. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. We but good. we got that. Yeah, we got that. <laughs> and now y'all don't 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 say shame on us. Um, I wouldn't say we're not political, but we don't get bogged down in the, I guess, what would you call it? The specifics. Right. Which, personally, I should be bogged down on the specifics because, I mean, specifics because of my major. But lately, I haven't been wanting to feed into the energy, to be real. So, I, I didn't forgot some things. <laughs> I didn't misplace some things so yeah there you go that's why i am where i am but um like you said it's been building up they've been wanting to do it but they've been trying to get more and more things to i guess necessarily hold against him right or play against right. him but in my opinion this is what happens when you elect somebody for president who don't know the do's and don'ts of being president like he don't know the rules this is what happens when you elect somebody that don't know the rules. They step past and break the rules and don't even realize that they didn't step past and broke the rules. I, I wouldn't say they don't realize. I think a lot of things that he do is easier to ask for forgiveness than ask for permission. I honestly don't think he... he, he you really knew, think he really, I really don't, don't know? I see. really didn't think he knew he broke the rules. I really, really don't. think he don't know? For somebody I mean, even after the Russia thing, you don't think he knew... It was wrong. Okay, that's a whole, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think he knew. I'm giving him too much slack. <laughs> I think he knew. I think he knew it, it was. It, and even if he didn't know, he should be surrounded by people who do know. Right, they're saying, you know, this is crossing the line. Yeah, so, I mean. So, yeah. She's but, and anyway, they said something recently with a press conference. He said something about asking China. To investigate. Basically, he's been yeah. asking a lot of people to investigate a lot of different things. And it's, it's, it's just ridiculous. Because it's like, you should know you can't do this stuff. Like, yes, By as now. the president, you have certain powers that other people don't have. But at the same time, you, you can't know, abuse those powers. You can't abuse those powers. And what he's doing is abusing those powers. And it just... it. Y'all, they be showing Fox News at the YMCA. I be trying to be on my workout grind now. <laughs> and I just be seeing the foolishness on Fox News. And, like, they just, they just so pressed to just not be wrong, even when they know that they're they wrong. wrong. And it just right. blows my mind. <laughs> like, it just, it blows my mind. Because it's just foolishness. And you know that it's foolishness. But everybody's sitting around here acting like it's not foolishness. It's crazy. Like, but anyways, he got caught because of a whistleblower. And shout out to that whistleblower. My my homie, my G, my dog. Ooh. My bad, y'all. Cece dismissed. <laughs> Cece forgot to turn her ring off. We my apologize bad. to <laughs> our bad. audience for that. Silence your phone, Cece. It's, it's, it's silence. Silence it's your phone. But yeah, the whistleblower basically um let somebody know what was up. Dope. He told Congress, right? Right. Um, he let Congress know what was going on. Um, has their identity been disclosed? No, he's he his identity is supposed to be confidential. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. I was just making sure. Yeah. Um, but it's 
it's just it's that's why they call it a whistleblower. Nobody knows. But I'm sure it'll eventually come out. Somebody will spill the beans or leak it or something. But basically, did we even really say what happened? He made a yeah, we did. He made yeah. a call to Ukraine. Yeah, yeah, we asking about them that. to look into um, Joe Biden and basically dig up dirt on him that he could use in the upcoming election. Right. I personally don't feel like Joe Biden is that dude, and he gonna really make it to the end. End. I feel like. There's more people more qualified than him, but who knows what's gonna happen? Who like, knows? Who knows? But he felt threatened enough to have somebody try and dig up dirt on him, and the transcript of the call came out, which right. and just and and with politics, we all know. I'm not saying I'm not gonna say that it's rigged, but it's predetermined. Mostly who, they know who going to be the, at least the final three other candidates. Yeah. And apparently Joe Biden is one, one of those people. <laughs> because yeah, yeah. like you say, I don't think he would be asking for that if that wasn't the case. Yeah. So. But I mean, my thing is like, it's just preposterous. One of my SAT words. It's just preposterous. It's just everything that's going on right now. It's just, I, it's just crazy. That's what I'm gonna say. It's crazy. The things that is being done, the things that's being said. People saying, "Well, he didn't break the rules because it wasn't pro 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 or what? How? What's the saying? Quit pro quo? Something like I don't that." Know, girl. Basically, it wasn't word for word. He didn't outright say, yeah. "I your want you to do this." I know I'm not one of your little friends, <laughs> but your vocabulary is a lot more extended than mine. It's not. So, I, what? What does preposterous mean? I, you lost me there. It's outrageous. Let's say that it's outrageous. Because okay. you lost me, and then I was like, "Well, I'm gonna just let her roll with it." But I can't spell it though. I can't spell it. <laughs> I can I say it, her roll but I can't it spell it because I have no idea what CC talking about. But okay. But yes, yeah, so it's just it's it's just getting to a point where it's just like. Y'all can't not do something at this point. It's clear right. as day at right. this point what's going on, what's happening. And something, something needs to be, to be done. done. Exactly. And what I believe, I feel like the fight is so hard because he knows if he get impeached and get put out of office, then he going to have to go to trial for all this crap that he done. done. Right. And that's what he really trying to avoid. So as somebody who's trying to avoid jail time, he gonna do any and everything that he can to make right. sure that that doesn't happen. Right. But and I guess it's a possibility the the inquiry about Biden could be a distraction. Not necessarily that he's a potential candidate threat. I never thought uh, about it from that perspective. I mean, I, I don't know. I just I don't think he would have went that far if just. For that though, okay. So you really real. think he's a candidate threat? I mean, I I know he's a candidate threat because a lot of people want to support him because he was the vice president to yeah. our first and only black that president. president. Right. So even with that, a lot of people are ready to just go out and vote for him without really knowing everything about him. his record, exactly and what he's done, and, and right. it's just I don't know, I don't know. I don't feel like we should just be out here supporting this man just based off of that. Right. I because 
Yeah, he was vice president, but he was vice president for multiple reasons. Right. Because as the first and only black president, you need the support of the other side. And in order to get that other side, you got to play somebody by your side (laughs) that plays into that persona that they need. Or that. To justify voting for you. Exactly. I got you. So it's just like, just because he was that don't mean you should just automatically vote, vote for him. him. I and got you. I just feel like people really need to do their research this go around. Like, come on, y'all. Right. We can't be playing games at this point. Exactly. So It's too much at stake. It, it really is. Um. So, I mean, I haven't done it yet. I'm not going to lie, but... I plan on doing it once it gets down to the nitty gritty. So I, when I do make a choice, it's an educated choice and not just a gut instinct choice. Right. Um. But any anything else about no, your president? You, no. <laughs> you ready to move on? Okay. Now for our headliner. What we gonna discuss? Some more social media BS because this is all really, over social no, media too. See, see, I, I, I want to come from a different perspective on this. Huh. I, I'm sure all you are well, aware you take the lead, uh, the Am- Amber Geiger trial verdict sentencing. Um, well, she, if you're not aware, go, go back into the backstory. You, you do the backstory. She was the police officer that basically broke into someone else's apartment. And shot and killed the person inside the apartment. And his name was Jonathan... Not, no. Uh, um, Botham... Botham? John. Botham John. Mm-hmm. Um, so she shot and killed Botham John in his apartment while he was just sitting there minding his own business. And <laughs> she's on trial. No, it's over. It's over. She's gotten sentencing it's as well. Over. It's over. Um, she was sentenced to ten years, which, in my personal opinion, is not enough. Um, you took the life. How old is he? Twenty seven, twenty eight. I'm not sure how. Old I want to say he was around his late twenties. So, in my opinion, he had way more than ten years left of his life to go. And in my opinion, she should be serving a lot more than 10 years. Because even with that 10 years, she'll probably only serve about three with good behavior. So, it's just, in my opinion, it wasn't enough. But that's just my opinion. Um, But a lot, the uproar came not only with the sentencing that she got, which a lot of people agreed wasn't enough, but also with some things that happened following her sentencing. Um, the brother wanted, like, in his, like, last little... John's brother. His yeah, brother. his brother, like, in the last little, I guess, closing... Um, of the sentencing. Closing sentencing, like, he was asked to speak or whatever, um, and he decided that he wanted to give Amber... Geiger, uh-huh. a hug, which listen, if it was me, I wouldn't have done it. But at the same time, I'm not him. I can't dictate how people grieve, how people move on, how people sort out their feelings. He felt the need to give that girl a hug, so yes, he so gave her it. a hug. I'm not going to judge that man on that. He been through a lot. I agree. But regarding the, trust, the judge decision. and the deputy 
Like, nah. Why are y'all hugging this woman? Why are y'all consoling this woman? She got what she got because she deserved what she got. And she should have got more. So the fact that y'all feeling bad for this woman is is it's beyond me. Like, it is beyond me because well, you we, sat there and... Nah, they we, sat we assuming, there... We assuming they did what they did because they felt bad for her. We don't know why. Why else would did. you give somebody a hug who was clearly crying after they got the sentencing that they got? That's okay. why they consoled her. Okay, CC. Like, I ain't got... Nah, I ain't about to... <laughs> that is still present in a lot of black people's minds that's slave mentality of feeling bad for white people who you should not be feeling bad for I understand that you should forgive people and whatnot, but no that girl got what she deserved that's I don't think she got what she deserved I think she deserved more I okay, think she but deserved at more the now. same time I'm as if I was in that position and I sat and heard all of the facts of the case, exactly what she did, testimonies, facts, like all of that, I'm not about to feel bad for you. Yeah, you crying because you about right. to serve some time in prison, but I don't feel bad but for you. But this is because because what you this this is the consequences of the choice you made. Exactly. And you gotta deal with that. Like I don't I just don't understand why they felt the need to console her outside of just that ingrained mentality in black people that we just have to when we see somebody crying or when we see somebody hurting we have to console them no, no. It's, it's it's over for that i'm sorry it is over for that people get what they get and they deserve what they deserve Right. We can't continue. Just let karma do his job. We cannot continue to baby white feelings. We can't do it. If you want to move on and move past what's been going on, you can't feel sorry for these people no more. Right. Especially when they getting or having to adhere to the consequences of their own actions. Yeah, ooh, girl, that's bad. You're going to have to spend time in prison. Mm, I'm sorry. But no, I'm not about to be over here petting you on your back and all this other stuff and giving you a hug. No, I'm not doing that. Right. And then you say, like, you read somewhere today where they... Oh, yeah, the judge is under investigation because she basically showed bias by consoling that woman and giving her a Bible after her sentencing. Like, what does that say about how you already felt about that woman? You went easy on her because you felt bad for her. Bad enough... For her that you wanted to console her after you gave her her sentences. And bad enough for her that you wanted to give her a Bible to encourage her to deal with that sentencing. Like, no, that's not what you're supposed to do. If the shoe was on the other foot and it was the other way around, that wouldn't have never happened. If it was a black lady being charged for breaking into a white man's home and shooting him down. And a white lady judge was sitting on the thing, she would not have gave her a hug. And she definitely wouldn't be just serving 10 years. But that's the year's ring. <laughs> and I want to uh, thank you, Sierra, for your point of view. <laughs> I want to address this 
this dialogue that this whole incident has created around forgiveness. Um, since all this happened, it's been a lot of conversation about forgiveness, what that looks like, what that should look like. Um, and, and I think a lot of people have man manipulated it to their benefit because like you said, like his brother, like, I don't even want to talk about that. Cause that's a personal decision he made. That's and that's him. somebody that is going and, through grief right. and trauma, so, and everybody deals with that differently. Right, right, you can't judge right. them on that. But as but for people to tell people of color that we shouldn't be upset with the amount of time she got, you know, we should just let this go and move on. At least she, at least she got a guilty conviction. And that's the at problem. At least she's serving time. No, 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 no. This is the issue I have with the whole situation. Um, and you, and you using those gestures by those people of color in that courtroom against other people of color and saying, if they was able to let it go, you should barely let it go. No, no. Because what they <laughs> did was wrong. No. What they did no. was wrong, and it shouldn't have happened in the first place. And to the point that you made earlier about, um, dang, I, I just missed what you said. Like, I was talking about forgiveness. Forgiveness, like, my thing is, like, you can't tell black people how to feel about, they like still you feel like it was an injustice. I feel like people expected us to be happy with the bare minimum because right. in past situations we didn't even get the bare minimum right. and that's the problem right there right. I'm not about to be happy with the bare minimum only because in I, the haven't past, got I haven't gotten it before no that's right. not how that works exactly I agree. I want to. I won't be happy until this person gets what they deserve. A life for a life. It wasn't an accident. She did it on purpose. She was standing over the boy. Like, come on! All the right. facts in the case pointed to this girl doing this on purpose. Right. Right. So, like, nothing about the case led you to believe that this was an accident. She had to break into the house because her key didn't work. Right. At that point, you should have been like, oh, snap, my key don't work. Well, let me well, look at the door number. Maybe like, I'm at the wrong spot. Maybe I'm at the wrong spot. Right. Then even past that, you had already gotten to the house. You you should clearly see that these are not your it's normal surroundings, family. and this is not how your apartment look. Exactly. I'm pretty sure a black man's apartment is way, way different, different from a white, white woman's apartment. apartment. <laughs> I concur. So then you, you not only broke in... After your key didn't work, which should have been step one to be like, oh, snap, this is not where I'm supposed to be. Right. But you got into the apartment, should have realized that it wasn't your apartment. Oh, no, I'm in the wrong apartment. Right. And then went even past that to shoot that man. Right. I, I ain't got no sympathy for her. I ain't got it. I don't have right. it. I don't care that this woman was crying on the stand. She should be crying. White women know to cry at the drop of the hat when they are in a corner. Right. And I, I didn't see it, but I heard a lot of people say not one tear came out of her eye either. It was a dry cry. Like, it is <laughs> a known fact that white men, white women are taught to cry right. when they are in trouble. 
Right. Because when you see a white woman crying, everybody's like, oh. Like, yo. Right, right. Y'all, y'all is moved by these white tears, and y'all can't be moved by these white tears no more. Especially when you got the facts that you got from this case. Exactly. I agree. I agree. And, like, I know a lot of media outlets, uh, specifically Fox, is is using, like, those those actions of the judge and everything as a weapon, like I said. Um, but, you know, like, for people of color, you cannot embrace the, pre- the oppressor. And when I say the oppressor, I'm not talking about individuals. I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about systems. We still have to challenge those systems, like you said, we shouldn't settle for the minimum. I because mean, what that woman got was the bare minimum. We should want to, for us, justice should be a, a, a sentencing that reflects the crime. And the sentencing that she got for murdering somebody in their own home did not fit, fit the crime. So... And so I say, power to the people, to my black people, keep pushing, <laughs> keep keep advocating, and keep for these pe- justice. These people that the judge and the deputy, like we gotta call out BS when we see BS. I understand that these are fellow black women, and we supposed to ride for black women, but you gotta call out BS when you see BS, no matter who it is. And that was some BS. Right. I mean, we we have. We have to hold each other and one another accountable. I agree. We have to hold each other and one another accountable in that we can't, we're trying to make progress here. You and you can't make progress and when you got people doing dumb stuff. And that was some dumb stuff. to move forward and they want this to happen and they want that to happen but then you have stuff like this happening and it's like people don't want to say what it really is and I don't understand that call it for what it is that black woman should not have given her that bible I understand that you want you even if you done that she could have done that post Thank you. Even if you didn't have to do that in the courtroom, even if you did feel that way, compelled, that was not into your chambers. That was not the time, and that was not the place. Because ain't no, ain't nobody got time for that. Y'all is moved by these white tears, and y'all should not be moved. I can understand feeling sorry for somebody, but this is not the person that you should be feeling sorry for. I'm sorry. Yeah. What she did, like, I don't care how you put it. What she did was not a mistake, y'all. I can understand that she honestly 
What, when you talking about now, I'm gonna say you talking. You said you talking about Amber. Goddard. Yes, okay, I'm talking okay. about the actions that she did. Like she not just did step one. She didn't just do step two. She didn't just do step three. She did step one, two, three, four, and five. Right. At that point, it's not a mistake no more. Right. She knew I can understand feeling sorry from for somebody who made a mistake, but she's past the point of making, making a, a mistake. mistake. Once she realized her key didn't work and she still proceeded to try and get in that apartment, she was past a mistake. Right. Ain't nobody got time for that. Because you sit you sit here and you say, oh, well, we should still feel sorry for da-da-da-da-da-da. Okay. That means we should feel sorry for all the other people who sit here and cry and claim they made a mistake when they know in the time and in the place what exactly they was doing. And ain't nobody got time for that. We ain't going to get changed from just sitting here from giving people because they crying. Of course you're going to cry. You got to go to jail. I right. cry too. If I was going to jail too. Right. I feel I'm I over it, y'all. I'm over so, it. But like I say, um... Y'all, we got to stay persistent. We got to hold people accountable. All people, even our own, accountable for um, their actions. Um, but that's all I had to share. That's all you got. <laughs> Did you want to add anything else? No! I'm, I'm, not, I'm just saying, if you want to say anything else or add anything else what? to the, the conversation. Only other thing that I saw that I did, didn't appreciate necessarily was people going on social media and comparing the, sentence, the sentencing that Amber got to the sentencing of another um, male who they claimed had got 45 years for killing a police dog. Like, they were comparing the two. This white mm-hmm. woman got 10 years for shooting a black man, and this black male got 45 years for shooting a police dog. I tell y'all time and time again, don't just go out here just putting anything out. If you're going to put something out, make sure that you got all your facts together. Because I Googled the story. I went to multiple uh, articles about the story. That man didn't just shoot a police dog. He shot a police dog. He stabbed somebody. And he kidnapped somebody. He didn't just get 45 years for shooting, a dog. for shooting a dog. All his sentencing was wrapped together and combined together. That was one of the things that he did. And that's what y'all got to stop doing. Like, right. it's just, like, just putting out information, just be putting out information like that, without doing research. Exactly. Like, and that understand don't... That because that's like comparing apples to oranges. And, and you can't do that. You, in turn, doing the same thing that you getting on white people for doing. Putting out false stories. Right. I can understand wanting to make a point and wanting to say that this lady didn't get as much time as she should have. I get that, and I understand that. But if you're going to do that, do it with actual facts. Right. Don't just put something out because you want to make a point. Right. I like, agree. that That to me, I can't use the R word. That to me is ridiculous. And y'all, y'all gotta do better. If we really gonna move forward, y'all gotta do better, okay? But yeah, that's that's just my other little two cents. Cause I, I just right. And 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 for me, I've noticed a lot late lately. Um, there's no accountability 
on social media. Now, people do end up calling people out, you know, when they're wrong yeah. or in error, but that just yeah. gets so lost in the thread yeah. that that false narrative because everybody not going into the comments and reading all the comments right, they just right. reading the post that you post, post right. and my thing is you have to take accountability as the person who who's posting posting. it to read the article fully see what all happened and then post it don't just post something because you see it and i, I ain't gonna lie i used to be guilty of that but i started actually when i saw something that i wanted to repost Actually, click on the article. See when the article and was see posted. see the date of the article. Thank you. a lot of stuff people be sharing is like it's so old. old. <laughs> it's just old. And I'm just like, like that's it. not even something that's it's relevant, relevant anymore. anymore. Like, like check the check date, the date on the article. Read the article in its entirety. entirety. Yes. Because I guarantee you, even if you just read the first two paragraphs, you might find some BS. <laughs> So, like, right. y'all, we just have to do better as a whole. This is a type of look at the man in the mirror type situation. Right. If you're going to hold other people accountable, hold the first person you got to hold accountable is yourself. yourself. Like, hey, Amen. I ain't got time for y'all and y'all <laughs> foolishness. Okay? <laughs> we got to get it together. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely need to get it together in order to move forward but but in the same token i i I love the energy and the collective energy that the african-american community currently has um as a collective because we're i i just see an awakening um with our within our community and 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 it, it gives me hope and it gives me um, joy and knowing that we're coming into a place where we're not going to stand for crap anymore. We're yeah. not right. Like we're we're going to stand up for ourselves. We're going to stand up for what we feel is justifiable rightfully ours. But the um, three drawbacks that you can take from this is call out BS when you see it no matter who it is. Don't be giving out forgiveness to people who don't deserve it. And fact check yourself. Okay, that was our three points. <laughs> That's your three points. Again, again, see, what's the three points? Number one. <laughs> Yo, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> you got me cracking up. Okay, number one. Don't give out forgiveness to people who don't deserve it. Okay. Fact check yourself. Number two. And call out BS when, when you, you see it, it, no matter who it, it is. is. Right. If somebody is doing something wrong, you can't be afraid to be like, yo, I don't necessarily agree with that. This is, and don't just be like, this is wrong. Just like, if you're going to say something is wrong, have facts to back up why why it's wrong. wrong. And support it. Right, right. If you see something is wrong and you don't feel comfortable with it, research it. Just like people research that judge. You know, and they found out that she had been endorsed by the police department and all that stuff. Those people took the time. Okay, I don't feel like this is right. I don't think she should have done this. Let me get some more information on her. Let me research her. Let me, you know, find out more about her. And I think that's how all this other information came forward because people took the initiative to get a better understanding of who the person was. Like, we just have to, as a collective, just do better. 
Right. Because we not gonna get to where we trying to get if everybody on as a collective don't do better. I so there you go. Concur. <laughs> okay, see that there's a great episode. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, wherever you listening, uh, whatever social media platform is on, um, y'all share, share. We gotta get some more people listening like, to this thing. Um, comment um, where you can comment. Um, wherever we share it on social media, I know you can't comment on the actual um, episode, but just comment where we post it in the comments, like it's on Facebook and. Facebook comments. And um, I post, I always post it on my Instagram. Uh, Instagram comments. Instagram post. Yeah, share, 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 share. But, but thank you for listening, thank guys. Thank you, guys. Take care. Bye.